Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. I'm Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today, my guest is a dear friend of mine, actually. We've known each other since like elementary school, and her name is Kristen Noel. So Kristen Noel is the founder and creative director of K10, a brand focused on empowering women to look at themselves in the mirror with absolute admiration and a non-judgmental attitude. Kristen firmly believes that true beauty is first developed through practicing self-love and knowing one's worth. Her her brand aims to empower women by digging deep and starting with the self. Hi, Kristen. What's Hi, up? Eileen. Good. How are I'm you? I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Thank you so much. I f- it's such an honor to be on your podcast. I know. So Kristen and I were like having sushi together, just catching up because I haven't seen her in a while. I mean, so what happened was Kristen went to Armenia through the Peace Corps and she was doing some really cool work and after our sushi session I was like oh my god I have to share your story like it's just so important and I loved it so much so this is why we're chatting today so Kristen let's start from the beginning so before you started K10 you worked in Armenia with the Peace Corps for was it two years yes it was actually for um, 27 months and it wasn't um, right after college but um, it was a year after Um, And it was, uh, you know, a tough decision, to be honest with you. It's because, like, my family wasn't really fond of the fact that I was leaving um, the Mm -hmm. U.S. And it was just something that I really wanted to do. It was so out of the ordinary. I've never really studied abroad in college. And I just really felt this urge to um, go abroad, mainly because I really wanted to stretch myself. I knew that living in L.A. only limited to me to, to certain things, certain experiences. And before I started actually working, as far as a career, I just really wanted to, to have that life experience. Right. So it was like a year after you graduated and you just, how did you like find out about the Peace Corps? Like what made you want to like apply um, to be honest with you, at the time, I was actually a nanny, and um, the, the the family that I nannied for was just the, the coolest family ever. I mean, the husband was, like, in the FBI, and then um, the mom was, like, a movie producer, and I was actually working for her on the side as well as nannying her kids. And um, I just got to see their family and how they were at home, and their kids traveled, to, like, so many places. They've been to so many different states and countries. Uh, they were very well-rounded, and I saw that family as a way of, you know what, I want to be just like that. And um, she actually told me about the Peace Corps. And um, from there, I looked into it. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And and I applied for it. And back then, um, we, you actually didn't get to choose your country. So I had no idea I was going to Armenia. And just one day, I got a letter like, hey, you're going to Armenia. And I literally remember I was in my car, I was driving home, I got the email, and I didn't want to look at Google Maps uh, <laughs> while I was driving. So I called my 
best friend up and I was like where's where's Armenia and she was like girl it's in Glendale and I'm just like it was just so it was so funny and you know and yeah there it was and um and then I left literally a year after I graduated from college that's so cool so for people out there who don't exactly know what the Peace Corps is or what it does like can you explain what did you do when you were in Armenia Yeah, so the Peace Corps serves a lot of different um, needs um, for different countries. It really is, it depends on your skills and the country's needs. So um, again, I think a lot of things have changed since I've left, but um, during that time, based on your skill set, so I went to school for communications, I had some background in marketing. For Armenia, in in its case, there's two programs. There's TEFL, which is teaching English as a foreign language, and then there's CYB, which is community and youth and business. So um, they placed me in that sector. And I was very fortunate to to be placed with a group of young women entrepreneurs who had this vision of um, changing their community for the better, especially for women. And I had no idea that was my passion at that time, but I Mm -hmm. stumbled across them and I just my work there was very fulfilling and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. When I was there, I basically helped a group of women find their passion, make some extra money on the side. In Armenia, again, I feel like every country has its struggles, but especially Armenia, there's not a lot of work. And in that culture, men are the breadwinners. So what happens is that men go to Russia or they go to a different country and women stay at home and take care of the kids, but they're not financially independent. So they're just waiting for their husbands to come back during the wintertime, like during the holidays. And mm-hmm. what happens is that um, a lot of men kind of like cheat on their women. It's, um, it's kind of like a common thing and women have been acceptive of that um, over there, wow. which is really sad. Yeah. And I feel like when I was living there, I, see, I saw a lot of women lose their voice. Um, they lost their identity because they were so dependent on their husbands. Mm-hmm. And our work there really gave them an opportunity to to make something for themselves, some small cash, and they're able to feel like a woman, feel like an individual, and really um, contribute back to the community. Yeah. I mean, do you have like any specific stories about the women there that you saw transform because of the work you did? Yes, definitely. So, um, so aside from working with the women at the center, um, I actually had a next door neighbor. I wouldn't say her name for you know for privacy reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she was she was twenty at the time, and she just got married, and she's so young, and she's beautiful. Like, if anything, if she was in the U.S., I feel like she would have so much opportunity. She would be a model. Um, but she had a kid, and I actually saw like the like I was there when she gave birth to like what, what mm. before I left. Like, so I was very close to her. And um, she she didn't have a voice, I felt. I mean, she ha- was a beautiful singer. She loved to sing. And she would come over to my apartment all the time. But she was also afraid of her husband. She was afraid that, like, her husband would disagree with her coming over. I would do yoga. I would teach her yoga. And she loved it. She she didn't know what yoga was because um, <laughs> in that community, it's so small that it's like they don't know what outside of, you know, what they know. Right. And um, she fell in love with it. And she would literally have to... To, like sneak over with the baby to practice yoga with me and that was when I realized like it's like so sad that this girl like wants to do something for herself but she feels afraid and I think yeah. our friendship really opened her eyes to to wanting to become a better person to really strengthen herself um, we had a lot of deep conversations and I think that yoga and just like her singing with me 
um, really gave her a lot of confidence mm. to to want to share that with the community. And actually, I Skyped with her the other day, and she's actually now um, singing in her community. Aww. So I think that, like, a lot of the times, women just don't know that they they can do that, you know? Right. They, they, they haven't been given permission to do it. Or it's more like in their society, they're so used to being disempowered. Like, they're so small, right? And that's the right. norm for them. But... Yeah, I think it's beautiful when a woman finds her own power and can be more confident and loving with herself. Right. And, and by all means, I, I don't want to make it seem as if Armenia is like, oh, it's like such a bad country. Like men treat women that way. I mean, every, every situation is different. But right. in a whole, that's something that I experienced. And, um, and it's okay because it's a cultural thing. But also, I think that's very empowering when um, cultures emerge and that there's there's light to be to be shined on you know like she she opened her eyes like oh my gosh there's something more than just mm-hmm. you know being a housewife and taking care of the kids right so how do you think Armenia changed you as a person just being there and seeing the stuff for yourself oh wow yeah so Armenia definitely changed me I, I feel like it probably changed me more than I changed them I say this because, first of all, I, I was born and raised in, you know, in L.A. or the suburbs of L.A. And so I feel like I was just exposed to, to one thing, you know. And sure, like L.A. is a, it's a melting pot. It's, a, it's very diverse. But when you don't like put your, yourself out there and you don't kind of like travel or like experience a different culture, again, it's, there's nothing bad about that. But when you do do that, it really like stretches your mind and you see things that no one else, not other people would see mm-hmm. as well as you do. And so I could say that Armenia really transformed the way I saw women, you know, like I, I always thought that women were just like, okay, like they work, you know, because I'm from LA mm-hmm. and, and women work there and right. they love beauty or whatever. Um, and I, I felt like I've always stereotyped women. Um, but being in Armenia made me realize like, oh my gosh, like women are so much more stereotyped here. And this yeah. needs to be like shared, you know, like they need to realize that it's okay to do the things that are interesting to them, you know, like yoga is different um, to them and it's okay to do that. I started running mm-hmm. around my community and they thought it was so strange at first, like why is this girl running, you know, like that's so strange, <laughs> like it's such a manly thing, you know, like running is, oh. an, it, yeah, it's like an exercise to them. Yeah. And they're like, women don't exercise, like w- women are supposed to be in the oh. house cooking, <laughs> serving men, or like, you know, mm-hmm. pouring the tea. So, um, so it was just, it, it's an eye opener for them and an eye opener for me to, to be a part of that. It's just crazy. Cause it's something that we take for granted because in America, at least like we're allowed to explore our own hobbies and things right. like that. But it sounds like they have such like limitations on what is normal for them to do. Yeah, and a lot of it is um, it's just a cultural thing, you know? Yeah, like, there's a lot of totally. limitations because there's a there's um, this view of you, like, oh, you're supposed to remain in this box, you know? Right. Like, you're a woman, so you're supposed to do these certain things. When you go outside of that, that's when you're strange and you're different mm-hmm. and you're not accepted by society. Mm-hmm. So let's chat about 
your time coming back from Armenia? Because I know we talked about how that was like a reverse culture shock almost, or it was kind of a struggle for you. You know, to answer your question, actually, when you said, what did you learn from Armenia? I think my biggest lesson was actually coming Mm -hmm. back from Armenia, because I'm someone that's so eager to explore. I'm very curious that jumping into a new situation is fine with me, but I had no idea the struggle um, I, I would have coming back from from like my hometown or like yeah. going back to what I'm supposed to be used to. Like, like going back to your box. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like I lived two and like two and a half years in a different country and I kind of molded myself there that I was in such a shock coming back. Um, first of all, I was kind of in denial coming back. I mean... Um, I kind of came back very suddenly. I was I had other plans, but they fell through. And I came back and I fell into a huge depression. I have never been like this depressed. And you can ask any of my friends and family. I was not myself. I literally shut off social media for half a year. Mm-hmm. And I was really hard on myself. I criticized myself. And I think it's it literally it took a year maybe a year and a half for me to recover from me coming back. And again, I'm not trying to say that coming back is is uh, it's everyone's transition is different, but I think I needed this time to be who I am now. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is during this time of depression, I had my family members and my community there was a lot of pressure for me to to be the way they wanted me to be, right? To fit back into society, mm-hmm. right? So I came back and immediately my parents were like, you need to find a job. Mm-hmm. Like you need to you need to work for a company. You need to you just need to do something that you went to school for. Yeah. And deep down I like I knew I wasn't ready, you know, mm-hmm. but I just had this this um this feeling of like, okay, like I need to like please my parents or society is watching me, you yeah. know? And that's also another reason why I deleted my Facebook account or deleted my social media was because I was afraid of people like seeing what I was doing. But when in reality, if you think about it, they don't really like know what your life is. Yeah. It's just like whatever you post. So so yeah, that depression, it really hit home to me and I feel like that's where my growth came from. That was very uncomfortable for me and I really grew from that. And like, you know that I totally relate to your story because I went through the same type (laughs) of depression. Like I also studied abroad in Italy, came back and everyone forced me to like figure out my life and get a job when that was not what I wanted to do. So, I mean, I want to ask you, what do you think was the turning point like when you started to, I don't know, realize something that helped you get out of that depression? Oh, wow. Turning point. To be honest with you, I when I look back on it, I feel like I've had like many turning points. Mm-hmm. But um, and it's because um, I don't know if I told you this, but right after the when I came back, I, I actually moved to San Francisco to take on a job that I, you know, to please my parents, right. you know, so you did you did do what they wanted you to do. I, I did. And so that's the thing that like, I think that's why I also fell deeper into that depression oh, was yes. because I followed what they wanted me to do. I took on this corporate job and I hated my life. And here, I now I I sound like I'm ungrateful. But to be honest with you, I I really believe in this quote where I think it's like Albert Einstein that says, um, like, if if you're judging a fish by the way it's climbing a tree, something like that, then you're... (laughs) Have you ever heard that before? No, so basically, I haven't. Okay, but that's interesting. Like, don't yeah, judge so, a fish trying to climb a tree. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's it's basically like you're a fish, so you can't possibly climb a tree, like, right? that's it's not like the impossible. right path for you. Right, exactly. Yes. It's not you, mm-hmm. so so don't try to keep doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So 
So here I was um, coming back and I'm like, okay, I need to find a job. I just have this, all this pressure on me. And um, I was at home at that time. And so I had more pressure on me. Yeah. And so I decided to move out and live in San Francisco. And I wasn't ready, Eileen. I really was not ready to do that. But I forced mm-hmm. myself to. And I think that's why I got into a deeper depression Mm-hmm. Because I was dishonoring myself. You know, I went yeah. against what I believed in. And um, for like half a year, I was working a corporate job. I like, I really hated myself. Mm-hmm. And um, the turning point was really when I moved back to LA. And I just, you know what, I just started doing the things I wanted to do, which is allowing myself time to heal and allowing myself time to to do the things that I loved, which is um, I love personal development. I love like affirmations. I love hanging out with my friends that better me. Mm -hmm. And the more I did that, the more I was like, okay, I'm finding me again. I'm finding me again. There wasn't a specific like you know, time where I like it's woke like a up slow and transition, right? In like right. slowly starting to heal and find yourself again. Yeah, and what I found actually most useful was actually surrounding myself with people that were very like minded yeah. with me and my what I wanted to do. Um, it's because mm-hmm. when I hung out with people that kind of thought the way my community thought, or like you know what society wants you to be like, I kind of started to feel like a negativity again. Where I was like, yeah. wait, but I don't want to do that. Like, why are you telling me to do that? You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think it's just really sticking to those people that really believe in you, that that see what you see, that love what you do, and just being very kind to yourself. And to be honest with you, I didn't really know how to do that. I didn't know what self-love was at that time. Mm -hmm. I actually did the opposite. I was criticizing myself. I was being very, very hard on myself. And it wasn't until I learned, like, you know what, I I can actually relax and like be okay with where I'm at right now. Like, and right now is that I'm lost and yeah. that's completely okay. And I just need to stay on this path of being lost at, because this is where I'm at and I'm not going against what I, you know, believe in. I'm just like not sure yet. And I just need to stay put. Right. Like accepting the uncertainty of the moment, but still like following your heart. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then you eventually created this brand, K10. Obviously, that whole story like was part of what inspired you. Was there anything else that really sparked that inspiration to start a brand for yourself? Yeah, so, um, okay, when I was living in Armenia, I felt so fulfilled. I mean, I felt like what I was doing was what I was, was I meant to do for the rest of my life. And it was weird because I was a volunteer, so I wasn't even getting paid. So that's when you know that you really love your job is when you're working for free and you like absolutely love it. I remember just like waking up like, yes, we're going to do this project. We're going to empower this woman. I'm going to, you know, change this woman's life. And so that, yeah, you're right. Like that fulfillment and that um, joy is something that I want to have again and that's actually what really inspired me to to create this brand but on top of that my my coming back actually it's kind of a bridge right like I felt so unaccepted for who I was I felt so different again I felt like why isn't why aren't people accepting me for who I am and that's when I was like you know what more women or more people in general should should learn that it's okay to to be different. And that's also why I I created this brand is because I I don't think that there's a lot of people out there that are happy with who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that there should be more reflection on that. 
and that people should really follow what they want to do. And so the, the purpose of the mirror or the purpose of K10 is really just to empower people to, to look within themselves and, and really empower themselves to, to reflect like, who, who am I as a person and what can I do yeah. to make a difference? Yeah. And do you have any like tips on how to grow self-love and self-worth? Like anything that helps helped you in your journey? Yeah. So um, what helped me a lot was, it's, it's going to sound really funny, but I actually did a lot of affirmations in front of a mirror. Like mm. it's so uncomfortable to do that because yeah. normally when you look at a mirror, you're trying to get ready to go somewhere, right? Or you're trying to like, I don't know, you're just trying to beautify yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but you never like, you never like pause and look at yourself um, like bare skin and just accept yourself or talk to yourself. And it's it's such an uncomfortable thing, but it's something that has really helped me because mm-hmm. um, I had to look at myself in the mirror and be like, okay, look, this Kristen, this is where you are now. And basically like talk myself out of the negative thoughts that I had. Yeah. I had a lot of them, trust me, coming back. Mm-hmm. And I just, I listened to a lot of affirmations online. Um, I follow Tony Robbins, um, a lot of motivational speakers and you know, just reading personal development books that really like, that was like my personal psychologist. Yeah. To, me to too. be honest with that. you, <laughs> yeah, like to be honest with you, like I felt like reading books and talking to myself w- was literally the best therapist that I had. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> talking to yourself in the mirror that it does make me feel uncomfortable. I, I can't mm-hmm. say that I've done that very often. I've tried it maybe once or twice, but for me, it's like I journal and that's my way to talk to myself. And I yeah. think I'm my own therapist as well. <laughs> No, and, and that's the thing is that not a lot of people, you're right, like a lot of people find that uncomfortable. Just the yeah. thought of you standing in front of your mirror and talking to yourself, you're like, oh, like that's weird. But, you know, I think actually that is because it's so uncomfortable, that's when you know you should be in that. You you're should right. be in that state because that's when you grow. And I was like, you know what? I just have to keep doing this. And now like <laughs> it's a lot more comfortable for me and I can actually, you know, get up and like talk to myself and like again like before this podcast I'm like talking to myself so do you do this every day is this part of your everyday routine yeah like my morning routine I wouldn't say I do this every single day but um uh, most of the times it's days when I'm like nervous or like I have a big thing coming up I'm meeting a big client I do yeah I, I do talk to myself in the mirror that's, no that's awesome I love it because it's something that you don't hear all the time and I'm sure listeners out there will want to try this for themselves too yeah it's a very vulnerable thing to to admit to mm-hmm. <laughs> like because I don't want to sound like I'm <laughs> um, like pompous or whatever no 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 I love it it's it's amazing do you have any favorite affirmations that like you always use again and again um, um what I like to do is I like to pull some up like off YouTube or like Google um, but I like to keep yeah. it short and simple so like I have a vision board for example and I have like strong words so like strong is in there beautiful mm-hmm. honest I'm like I'm a huge like integrity type of person so I'll yeah. say stuff like I am honest or I am beautiful mm-hmm. and I think the shorter it is the better it is because it's more like impactful to the brain you know, mm-hmm. instead of something very long and drawn out. Yeah, short and simple. So what are you excited about now moving forward? I'm really excited about um, this new brand that I created. Literally, I cr- I've been working on it for about three to four months now, like tirelessly, like like I'm juggling like two different jobs. And yeah. I feel like I come home and I'm like working on it. I like eat dinner and then I work on it until like 
midnight, but then it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like work, right? Because it's something that yeah. you love to do. But it's, it's, um, I'm really looking forward to just reaching more people and hearing more stories. I ran into another like girl, like literally at a supermarket. It was so random. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of queen of like striking up conversations. So, um, I met this girl and she, she was telling me how, um, you know, she's like, she has this boyfriend and she's like not really happy in her relationship. And it's honestly, I was like very shocked that she opened up to me like that fast. So fast. Yeah. Um, but she was just saying how like, she like doesn't know what to do. And like, she doesn't feel like she's very confident and like she, she doesn't, she's lost. And so I just feel for those girls. Cause I once was there, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I just want to create a community of women that love on each other. I feel like in today's day and age, there's not enough women or even just women and men that like support each other. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. animosity. There's a lot of like jealousness, like, oh, this girl, like there's a lot of just gossip. And um, I really firmly, firmly believe that when women like help each other out, like you can literally create magic, you know, like that's why I love you so much, Eileen. Like seriously, we Mm. like haven't seen each other for a long time. We met up for sushi. I told you about what I was working on and like you were super excited for me and you're super humble. And I feel like when there's more women out there like this, you can literally move mountains. I agree. I'm all for like women supporting women. And like, I I feel like all friendships should be like that, right? Supporting each other, lifting each other up, inspiring each other. Yes. You really kind of see who your friends are when you're like doing something that is very different or very uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Because you're totally. not like part of their like normal thinking, right? So you're they're just like, what yeah. is she doing? And then mm-hmm. like if they don't support you, then it's kind of like it sucks, but then it's like wait, like, why aren't you supporting me? Like, we're friends. And yeah, I'm doing something different than you. But actually, the fact that you're uncomfortable with that, it kind of makes me feel like, hey, like, are you struggling with something? Or are you unhappy with something that you're doing? So it's like, it kind of like opens my eyes as to like, who your true friends are during like, Mm -hmm. these times, like during these uncomfortable times. Yeah, I mean, it shows you who your open-minded friends are and then the ones who will give you that resistance or who will judge you, then, yeah, I think it's because they wish they could take a risk or they wish they could be doing something they want, but they don't. So that's when people, like, judge you for doing stuff like that. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right, so lastly, where can our listeners find you online? So you can find us on our website, k-10.com, or on Instagram. Um, We also have a Facebook page, mainly Instagram. I feel like we just started out, so we definitely need um, a lot of love. So if you can follow us. Direct them to the Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we also have a blog too, so come check it out. Um, We talk a lot about like self-love, like how to love yourself. And then we talk about other like strange things too. Like I I don't want to box women into one thing, like just because like, I'm totally into mirrors and I'm like preaching that women should look at themselves in a certain way. It doesn't mean that you can like run marathons or you can't like um, go backpacking. I think that women should feel more comfortable like being like a girly girl as well as be doing things that are like different than what like society has women like put out to be. Right. It's like don't limit yourself to any definition. Yeah, Because exactly. you can be so much more. Right. And just don't box yourself into something. You're like unique. I think that's like a theme of your story because like you you saw the girls in Armenia who were boxed in this, you know, this little box where they 
they felt weird to get out of it. But in reality, there's no box. It's just imaginary. Yeah, and here's the here's the thing that I realized too, which is actually kind of sad. It's not just Armenia. Yes, like Armenia made me like more hone into this topic, where like whoa, like actually that exists. But when mm-hmm. I came back from Armenia, I realized that there are people out there like just like girls in Armenia. It's just mm-hmm. that you can't really see it because. They're so blended in with everyone else, you know. Yeah, I think in all societies and cultures, we have our limitations. So it's not just yeah. Even in America, we have our own stereotypes and boxes too. So whoever you are, just just be who you are and don't limit yourself. <laughs> Sounds good. Yes, I agree. All right, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Everybody, check out Kristen at K10. All the links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Eileen. It was a pleasure being here. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps me so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. All right, love you all. Bye.